Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Amen. Get you fired up, won't it? Have you ever gone to do something that you just assumed you'd be really good at, and then when you did it, that was not the case <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I remember my wife and I, Lauren, were, were dating pretty early on in dating, and we were back in Florida visiting family, and we, we did not play tennis. Actually, still partly because of that day, do not play tennis today. But we decided we're going to go play some tennis in the Florida sunshine. And so we went to the tennis courts at uh, the high school where my mom teaches, and we began to play. And I knew that my wife, even at that point, I knew that she was sweet, but I was beginning to learn about her competitive nature. And we, we began to play what I thought was going to be just kind of a casual afternoon of tennis because we'd, we'd never played before, either of us. And the longer we played, the more frustrated she got. And because she got more frustrated, the longer we played, the worse she got. Sorry, love. <laughs> it, it got bad. Finally, towards the end, which again, I was confused because I thought it was just a casual, like, hey, let's just kind of figure this out. So towards the end, about an hour into it, I said, as we finished, I said, hey, like, you're really frustrated. What, what's, what's going on? And she said, well, first, actually, she, I think she kind of realized what was going on, and then she kind of laughed and smiled, and she said, well... I know now this is silly, but when I was in high school, one time my mom told me I looked like a tennis player. <laughs> so I just assumed I would be good at it, <laughs> which we, we laughed. And we remembered an important lesson that day, that just because you look a particular way does not mean that you have certain skills, right? Like my brother-in-law is six, 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 seven, and everybody thinks, I bet you're great at basketball, and he just laughs. Like, he's not a basketball player. You look at me and think, I bet you're great at NFL football, and like, surprise, I'm not. Um, but just because you look a certain way doesn't mean that, that you have those character, actual characteristics required to do something. And maybe more importantly, like, no one is great at something they've never put work into. So like, there is, I know, get it, people, some people have natural ability in, in certain things. Like I was in the last service, I mentioned that Pam Copeland is an incredible cook. She's great at baking. Do you call that a baker, I guess? She's so talented. And as talented and gifted as she is, I don't think she was born that way. She has some, some, some skills for sure, some natural ability, but she's worked at it for a, for a pretty long time. You know, wisdom is no exception to that rule. You don't just accidentally become wise. You become wise, right? You, you, you grow into it. No one is great at something they've never put work into. And again, just because you may look wise, whatever that looks like to you, just because you look wise, it doesn't mean that you actually are wise. You, you become wise. It would be nice if you hit a certain age and you were just wise, like, sweet, I'm 40, now I'm wise. Like, that's, that's not how it works. Or like, it, or our high school pastor used this idea one time, like, it, it would be nice if it was a muscle you could flex, right? Just boom, 
There's the wisdom muscle. No, it, it's, it's not how it works. You become wise. And it's important that you and I become wise. Like so much is riding on us becoming wise. Whether or not you are, you are wise determines, has a huge influence on whether or not you're going to be a blessing or a curse to the people you encounter. Amen. Whether you are a wise person or a foolish person determines the kind of legacy you're going to leave. Wisdom has tremendous impact on whether you make the most of your life or you make a wreck of your life. Wisdom matters. It's not just, I don't mean this rudely, but like to draw some of the, our younger crowd in, it's not just for old people. <laughs> Wisdom is for everybody. So how do you become wise? doesn't just accidentally happen. How do you become wise? Thank the Lord. He's, he's given us some great ways. We're just going to look at, there's a lot of ways. We're just going to look at three from the book of Proverbs. So if you have your Bible, I hope you do, turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. How do you become wise? We're going to read chapter 11, verse 2. When arrogance comes, disgrace follows. But with humility comes wisdom. When arrogance, when pride comes, disgrace follows. But with humility comes wisdom. Number one, real simple, right there in the text, you want to become wise, what do you do? Number one, stay humble. Stay humble. The writer's telling us there's, there's really... Two different characteristics that we can invite into our life. And, and the first one he points out is, is arrogance, is pride, which is the, the root of, of all sin. That's, that's how Satan ended up where he is. He was prideful. He wanted to be God. Pride will destroy you. And we're all, we're all prone to pride, thinking that the world revolves around us, that everything is about us. Right? It's all about me. I have to have the best because I am the best, and I'm the best because I know the best. <laughs> That's pride. And, and, and hey, and don't, don't be confused. Insecurity is just pride masked as humility. Right? So pride is it's all about me. Insecurity is just, huh, I wish it was all about me. It's the same thing. It's just self-centeredness. And here's what's interesting. Hopefully you saw this. The writer's saying, when you invite pride into your life, pride brings an uninvited guest into your life. Have you ever had an uninvited guest come to your house? You, you invite somebody, you're having a family get together, a party, and then they, they walk in the door and they bring somebody with them and you're like, oh, hey, good to see you, yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's what, that's what pride does. Who does pride bring with him into your life? Disgrace. Leaves the door open for disgrace. I think the New King James says shame, embarrassment. 
When you invite pride into your life, of course he brings along with it his little buddy shame, embarrassment, disgrace. Because when you are prideful, you always end up acting a fool. Because you're thinking it's all about you. And and like just to encourage you, it's not all about you. But he says there's a there's a different option you can invite into your life. That is humility. With humility. Humility. St. Augustine said that all of the characteristics of Christ that we want to have in our life, without humility, all we have is the mere appearance of them. Starts with humility. Recognizing that, that it's all about God. It's not about me, that he's at the center of the universe. I love how some scholars have defined humility. It's appropriately assessing oneself especially in light of one's sinfulness and creatureliness. So recognizing I'm a broken sinner in need of God's forgiveness and grace. I don't have it all together, but he does. That I'm not always okay, but he is. To recognize that I, as a creature, I have limits, but God is limitless. To recognize that I am powerless, but God is all powerful. That I don't know everything, but God is omniscient. He knows absolutely everything everything. I love what Tim Keller says, Pastor Tim Keller, about humility and relating it to the gospel. He says, the Christian gospel is that I am so flawed that Jesus had to die for me. And yet I am so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. It undermines both swaggering and sniveling. I cannot feel superior to anyone, and yet I have nothing to prove to anyone. I do not think of myself more or myself less. I read that wrong, sorry. I do not think more of myself or less of myself. Instead, I think of myself less. So it's not about, I'm so great, or I'm, woe is me. You know, it's, I'm not thinking about me. That's what humility is, thinking about you. You want to be wise? Starts with humility. Staying humble. You know, pride is the posture of the fool and humility is the posture of the wise. When when you're humble, you put yourself in a position to receive wisdom. I'll illustrate it this way. And Doug asked if uh, I brought my makeup mirror. I don't own a makeup mirror, okay, Doug? (laughs) But look at this mirror. The posture of pride is like this. So every meeting you go into, hey, how's it going, guys? But really, I just like, I want y'all to hear how I'm doing because it's all about me. Oh, you have some ideas? Oh, that's cute. But let me tell you about my ideas. Oh, oh. Family reunion, great, that's awesome. Yeah, that, no one really cares because you got to hear what's going on in my life. Pride. And by the way, just for clarity, insecurity is the same thing. Oh, I hope someone will listen to me in this meeting. Man, I hope they really, I hope someone notices me. I hope at this family reunion, maybe somebody will ask how I'm doing because no one ever cares about me. I wish someone would just for once listen to my ideas because no one ever cares about my ideas. Both are just centered on who? You, right? And it's no wonder 
that when you have the posture of pride, you don't grow in wisdom because you're obsessed with yourself. When you're obsessed with yourself, guess what the limit, the lid, the cap on your wisdom is? You. Because it's all right here. I'm obsessed with, with myself. So I'm now the cap of wisdom, which, hate to break it to you, I'm a sad, boring, pathetic cap of wisdom. <laughs> but when you invite humility and take up the posture of humility, of course you become more wise because now I've taken away that cap, that lid of myself. And now I have eyes to see and ears to hear what God is teaching me through you. I have eyes to see and ears to hear what God is teaching me through his Holy Spirit as I walk through life. I have eyes to hear, excuse me, eyes to see and ears to hear as I study God's word because I'm not obsessed with myself. I'm obsessed with him. If you want to be wise, you got to stay humble. And what might that look like to, to grow in humility? Just some like practical things we can do because to say, be humble is not really helpful. Here's a few things you could do. They're helpful for me. Helpful. I hope they're helpful for you. One, you can memorize this verse, Proverbs 11.2, that we just unpacked. Memorize that. When you feel your heart growing cold with pride, ask God to make you humble. Another thing you could do, you could ask God for humility. And don't worry so much about if you feel humble, because by the way, if you start feeling humble, you'll probably start being prideful, right? So it's not about how do I feel? No, just God, would you make me humble? Would you keep me humble? Another thing you can do that is a posture of humility is to ask God for wisdom, right? Just by, by asking God for wisdom, that is a posture of humility where you're recognizing, God, I don't have it all together. I need your help. I need your insight, your wisdom, your guidance. And one other thing you could do is ask God to help you see yourself and others as he sees them. God, would you help me to have your eyes, your perspective, your worldview, so to speak, as I look at myself, as I look at others, help me see as you see. And as he does that, he will help you to stay humble. So wisdom is the uninvited guest that humility brings. But did you know that wisdom is actually inviting you to something? Turn to Proverbs chapter eight. So backwards, just a little bit. Proverbs chapter eight. We're gonna read a, a large portion of this chapter. <clears throat> eight verse one. Doesn't wisdom call out and the implied answer is, yes, she does. <laughs> Doesn't understanding make her voice heard? At the heights overlooking the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand beside the gates leading into the city. At the main entrance, she cries out, people, I call out to you. My cry is to the children of Adam. Learn to be shrewd, you who are inexperienced. Develop common sense, you who are foolish. Listen, for I speak of noble things, and what my lips say is right. For my mouth tells the truth, and wickedness is detestable to my lips. All the words from my mouth are righteous. None of them are deceptive or perverse. All of them are clear to the perceptive and right to those who discover knowledge. Accept my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and nothing desirable can equal it. 
I, wisdom, share a home with shrewdness and have knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. I possess good advice and sound wisdom. I have understanding and strength. It is by me that kings reign and rulers enact just law. By me, princes lead, as do nobles and all righteous judges. I love those who love me, and those who search for me find me. With me are riches and honor, lasting wealth and righteousness. Righteousness. My fruit is better than solid gold, and my harvest than pure silver. I walk in the ways of righteousness along the paths of justice, giving wealth as an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. <clears throat> then in verses 22 to 31, giving kind of this explanation of the beginning of, of wisdom and its foundation and how the incredible its nature is. But for time, we're going to skip down to verse 32. He says, and now, sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. Listen to instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Anyone who listens to me is happy, watching at my doors every day, watching by the post of my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But the one who misses me harms himself. All who hate me love death. So before we give you that second point, just to kind of unpack a few things that we saw there, excuse me. First of all, notice wisdom, again, personified as this incredible woman. She's calling out in every aspect of our life. In verses one through three, where it's uh, beside the road, the crossroads, the gates, the main entrance. She's saying that wisdom is calling out to us in every aspect of our life. Wisdom is not just like for this quiet place on Sunday mornings. No, wisdom is calling out to us. God's wisdom is calling out to us when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're in the middle of a business deal, when you're figuring out politics, whatever. God, his wisdom is calling out. It's, it's beckoning you. It's, it's inviting you to listen. God, the problem is not that we have a hearing problem. The problem is that we have a belief problem. Look at, look at what wisdom says in verse 10. Accept my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. Why? For wisdom is better than jewels and nothing desirable can equal it. I, wisdom, share a home with shrewdness and have knowledge and discretion. Look over in uh, verse 18. With me are riches and honor, lasting wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than solid gold and my harvest better than pure silver. Verse 32, all those who listen to me, those who keep my ways are happy. What is the writer of Proverbs teaching us? If you want to become wise, second point, you have to believe God's ways are better. Believe God's ways are better. And we don't have a hearing problem constantly. God's wisdom is calling out to us as a believer, the Holy Spirit within you, talking to you, leading you towards wisdom. Will you believe that God knows what he's doing? Will you believe that following him is better than riches? That's what the text says. Following the ways of the Lord and what he has to offer you, the fruit that wisdom offers says is better than gold or silver 
or riches. Believe that God's ways are better, that his ways are superior to what the world has to offer. If you want to become wise, you've got to believe that. You've got to take him up on his word. Do y'all like Burger King? It's a very serious question. (laughs) It's okay if you don't, but most of us have had Burger King. And I I think it's pretty good. Like I'm not a, it's been a while since I've had Burger King, if I'm honest, (laughs) but but I think it's pretty good. Like it's, Whopper's pretty good. Get some good French fries. It's all good. But my neighbor is the steak king. My, my friend Carrie, he can make a mean steak. Now this is just pretend, so don't get all excited, but just pretend that after church, I invited you to <laughs> all of you. <laughs> Carrie, if you're listening, heads up. <laughs> invited you to, to go eat steak at Carrie's. I said, hey, you could either, you have two options. You could go to Burger King or you could go to Carrie's. They're actually probably, for a lot of you, there probably would be a little bit of hesitation as you consider. If those are your only two options, because if you go to Burger King, it's familiar. You, you know it tastes pretty good. You can have it your way. It, it, it's, it's pretty convenient. Like it's just down the street. Carrie lives a little further. Like, but I would tell you, hey, look, I, I know it's easy. It's fast. It's convenient. Lots of people eat there. You can have it your way, but I'm telling you, Carrie is a steak king. Now listen, we're going to drive to his house and we're going to get cozy and it's going to take a while for him to, for him to fire up his grill. He's going to season the steaks and he's going to do it right. But in the end, you're going to love it. You would have to, in that moment, choose whether to believe me or not. You could go based on what you know, what you're comfortable with, or you could believe me. And I can assure you, if you believed me and took me at my word, at the end of the afternoon, you would say, praise be to the Lord, right? Because that steak was incredible. It would be worth the wait. It would be worth the difficulty. It would be worth the patience. It's what, a poor attempt at a metaphor for what's going on in chapter eight. See, the ways of the world, the wisdom of the world is comfortable. It's familiar. You know, there's some things, that if I do it my way, it'll probably be okay. But God's wisdom is calling out to you saying, trust me, I know you have to be patient. I know you're uncomfortable because I'm stretching your comfort zone. But my ways are better. If you want to become wise, you've got to believe that God's ways are better. If you want to grow in that, what, what could that look like? Here's just some simple practical application. Ask God to help your unbelief. God, I believe your ways are better. I believe you know what you're talking about but I need a little help. <laughs> help my own belief. Another thing you could do, to say it very shortly if you're taking notes, ask for testimonies. Ask for testimonies. What do I mean by that? Ask people to share with you how they've seen God's ways to be better. I think back to high school and there's plenty of times I did not do things God's way and, and made a fool of myself. But the times by God's grace where I did things in wisdom, God's way, Often it was because my parents, my mom and dad, were giving me what we would call in church testimony. They were telling me stories, real true stories from their lives about how they had followed God's wisdom and how it had been better, how their life was literally, not just metaphorically, but literally better for them because they obeyed God. And their testimonies helped me 
believe. Parent, grandparents, what stories do you need to share with your kids to help them believe that God's ways are better? Number three, actually, yeah, number three, give it a shot. So think about applications, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Believe that God's ways are better. You know, a boat will only pull up so close to a dock. There still comes a point you've got to step out onto the dock, right? Like it, it gets close. If, if the boat throws you on the dock, you probably don't want to be in that boat anyways, right? So it pulls up close and you've got to take that step. Okay, I'm close. Now I just got to go. Faith is like that. All right, Lord, like I believe you. Now I just got to take that step and do things your, your way. What might that look like? It might look like controlling your anger when you want to go off on somebody. I'm going to trust God that your ways are better. I'm going to take this step. It might look like giving generously, even when you're not sure how your finances are going to add up. I'm going to trust that God calls me to generosity. I'm going to step out in generosity. It might look like having that difficult conversation. We're going to talk about difficult conversations next Sunday. I'm super excited about it. But having that difficult conversation, because you know God's leading you to that, to lean in, even when you don't feel like it taking that step. And I promise you, you will find God's ways are not always easier, but they are always better. Yes. Believe that God's ways are better. Some of you may still be stuck on, but really, are God's ways, is wisdom what it has to offer? Is it really better, like the text says, than solid gold? I want to know where the gold at. Like, is it really better? Yes. Because wisdom gives you what money cannot buy. Money cannot buy peace and joy and healthy relationships and growth in your relationship with God. As one wise man said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. You want to grow in wisdom? Stay humble. Believe that God's ways are better. We're going to look at one more that is a little, should be more obvious, but we're often a little averse to day in, day out. Turn to chapter two, backwards again to chapter two, verse one. <clears throat> My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure. Do you, do you notice all those if you, if you, if you? So if you do these things, if you accept my words, if you call out to insight. If you seek for it like silver, seek for wisdom. What is he saying? You want to become wise? Third point, do the work. Do the work. Becoming wise is not always fun and easy. No, it takes work. It takes grit, determination. Do you see all those words? They're words of intensity, of initiative, of effort, of energy, of actively pursuing. If you want to become wise, you have to put in work. Do the work. But I love, I intentionally stopped. I love verse five 
Because as we read verses one through four, we're, we're anticipating, we're expecting that if you do these things, then you get wisdom. But it actually says it's way better. Look at verse five. If you do these things, you uh, accept wisdom, call out for it, seek it. Then verse five, you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. That's awesome. He's saying wisdom is not just academic, it's spiritual. Wisdom is about a relationship with God. When you seek after wisdom, because God is wise, when you seek after wisdom, you actually, who you find and grow in a relationship with is God. See, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord and it leads to the fear of the Lord. It's, it's all and intimacy. When you seek it, you understand the fear of the Lord. You discover the knowledge of God. And why is it? Why is it that I discover the knowledge of God when I seek wisdom? Four, verse six, because the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity every good path. Wisdom is not just a bunch of rules for life. It's a relationship. When you do the work, when you put in the work, God puts in the wisdom. It's relationship. This is so encouraging to me because it is, it's a reminder, it's about relationship with God. That wisdom is not just about a bunch of learning, a bunch of principles. It's part of that, but no. But wisdom ultimately is about walking with the king, the creator of the universe. Wisdom is exciting. <laughs> but wisdom, we can also have confidence that God wants to give us wisdom. Because this God who gives wisdom that we're seeking and he gives us wisdom, we know through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that he loves us. So when I come to God and ask for wisdom, when I seek it, I don't have to go, oh man, hope he's in a good mood today. No, his death for me proves to me he loves me. And his resurrection proves to me that he has the power to give me wisdom. Confidence. And who he is, that he is sure, that he is true, that he is faithful to give wisdom. But you want to be wise, you got to put in the work. He'll put in the wisdom. Many of you have been to Plains Baptist Assembly in Florida. Maybe you uh, went there as a kid or you've even gone this summer to camp or even took, helped take the children to children's camp there at Florida. But often we've gone to Plains Baptist Assembly. It's down in the canyon there uh, on the last full day. We've taken them out with the middle schoolers or with... Um, the college group sometimes on the last full day, we've gotten up early, hiked up out to the top of the canyon, so up the canyon wall, and watched the sunrise and have worship up there. It's a beautiful time. But the thing is, like anybody that's with our team can go on this hike, but you gotta get up a little early. You're gonna have to hike a little bit. You're probably gonna sweat some. Your shoes are gonna get dirty. But man, when we get to the top, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a great experience. But you got you to do the work. See, what wisdom is like that. God offers the beauty, the delight, the, the joy of wisdom to everyone, but you got to do the work. 
Will you seek it? Will you pursue it? What might that look like to, to put in the work? Very simply, read the Bible. You guys say that a lot here. You better believe we do. <laughs> this is God's word. This is where wisdom is. You want to do the work? What does doing the work looks like? Re- look like? Read your Bible. One I would say too that is common in Proverbs is live in community. Community takes worth, excuse me, community takes work, but it's worth it. Because we sharpen each other. You want to become wise? Do the work of community. Be in a life group, be in a small group. Do the work of staying humble. Do the work of believing that God's ways are better. Well, isn't that just like doing the work? Isn't that just legalism? Isn't that works-based religion? No, see, as Dallas Willard said, grace is opposed to earning. You can't earn God's love and favor, but it is not opposed to effort. So Paul said, I I pursue, I I chase after the Lord because I want to know him more. That's the call of Proverbs to seek after wisdom so you can not just be wise, but so you can know the Lord more. You want to be wise? Stay humble. Believe God's ways are better. Do the work. Our kids are starting preschool on Wednesday. What? I say kids because we have twins, if that's confusing to you, but um, both four and starting preschool. And on this past Thursday night, we had open house. It was a lot of fun. Got to meet the teacher and all those things, and, or teachers. And we had seen the library. We'd seen lots of different things. And uh, Haddon, our son, wanted to go into the restroom. No problem. And so we walk into the restroom, and Haddon turns around and looks at me with the most joy, the most glee, the most excitement he's demonstrated all night at open house. He says, Dad, they have urinals. <laughs> To which I said, nothing but the best for you, son. Like, <laughs> really, really providing for you here. <laughs> you can't make that stuff up, right? Like, no. So excited. I mean, even got a little jump in a step. Our friends know he does this kind of jump thing. So excited. So which I, I said, man, that, you're right. That's, that's really cool, buddy. But did you see the library? Like, <laughs> The library, the playground, there's a lot of really great things here. <laughs> why, why am I telling you that true but silly story? <laughs> Hadden, while he's growing, uh, as a four-year-old, his perspective of what is good and exciting and awesome is pretty limited. <laughs> Case in point, the story, right? Like he's... So I, I, I'm trying to broaden his horizons on, son, there's a lot of great things in life, right? Like a lot of great things you're going to get to experience. And so in all seriousness, like I, there, I keep that relationship, I want to keep that relationship close so I can show him that there's, there's greater things, buddy. Like a lot of good things in life. Did you notice as we walk in through all those texts and those points, and every one of them, there's, there's, a close relationship to the Lord. See, our, if left to our own, our perspective of what is wise is immature, infantile, and lacking. But God our Father walks with us 
So we stay humble and look to him. He says, yeah, this is, this is good. I know you thought you had it figured out, but trust me, this is, this is good. As we walk with him and we, we think we know best, he says, no, believe me, child, this way is better. As we walk with him and look to him and pursue after him, he says, yes, you seek me, you will find me. Sit at my feet, child, and there's relationship. And the scripture teaches there's riches in relationship with the Lord. So you want to become wise? You walk with the Lord. We could just sum it all up. Like, why didn't you say that to begin with? Well, because we had 40, 40 minutes, so it took a while. <laughs> you, want to walk, you want to become wise? You walk with the Lord. See, wisdom without relationship with Christ is just a bunch of religious cliches. You want to be wise. You keep your eyes on the one who is wise. Walk with him. If you don't know Christ this morning, if you've never turned to Jesus for salvation, he offers you not just wisdom, but he offers you life and purpose and hope and grace and mercy and forgiveness. He bled and died for your sins and my sins. And if you'll turn from your foolishness and turn to the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ crucified, he offers you salvation. This morning, you can respond and there'll be some men down front in a moment and then some ladies as well that would love to pray with you, talk with you, encourage you about what it means to follow Christ. If you're, on, if you're watching online, you can click that connect button and people would love to talk with you about it there as well. But if you are a believer, I wanna just challenge you, encourage you, are there one of those three points that God is kind of tapping on your heart this morning for you to, to consider of growing in humility, of be, just believing that his ways are better, that he knows best, or maybe putting in a little grit, a little sweat into pursuing becoming wise? I don't know how the Lord may be leading you, but I would encourage you to respond. Maybe, maybe he's tapped on your heart for something I haven't even mentioned about joining the church or, or being baptized. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants because he's God. I'm going to give you just a brief moment to, to be still before the Lord and ask how he would like you to grow and respond in response to his word. If you would do that now and then I'll pray for us. God, would you help? Would you help us to be wise? Or to be humble, to believe you, to, to pursue you. We know our world, our families need wise people. Would we, would the people of Southcrest grow in wisdom to be those wise people. Not so we can look good, but so we can point people to the one who is wise, to the savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Lord, for those this morning that, that don't know you, would you draw them to yourself, God? Would you give them courage, boldness during this song here in just a moment to, to walk down front and talk to one of these amazing men of God? God, we trust that throughout this week, you will guide us, you will lead us to respond to what we've heard from your word this morning. God, 
We ask that even now you would give us boldness to respond. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.